0: Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan.
1: And I'm Ginger Conlon.
0: And on this episode, we're going to talk about one of the eight major shifts we've cited in our recent report, Top CX Trends in 2022 and Beyond. And that is composting.
1: Oh Well, you're close, Michael. Composting is very trendy right now. It's not composting. But the trend, no, it's not composting. It's actually composability. Okay,
0: well, my notes are way off. I want to let you take this one. (laughs)
1: So the trend that you're specifically citing is composable platforms will drive CX differentiation at speed and scale. And I don't know about you, Michael, but when I read that report and I read all about that, I said, you know what, I really need to know more. So I asked Jack Nichols, vice president of product management and Jason Alley, senior director of product marketing to join us to tell us all about what is going on with composability and composable CX in particular.
0: Perfect. Well, they're very passionate about that. So I'm looking forward to bringing them on. Let's get to it. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. We have Jason and Jack. If you both could introduce yourself, give us your title, and then we'll dive right into um, today's episode about composability.
2: Uh, Jack Nichols. I'm with our product management group here at at Genesis and have been with our Genesis Cloud group since it was a small R&D project. So lots of great time working with customers.
3: And uh, I'm Jason. I'm a product marketing guy who has actually worked with Jack since those early days on the uh, Genesis Cloud platform. And we've been through a lot of fun stuff together and uh, exciting times ahead. And so I'm really excited to be talking about this topic because it certainly speaks to uh, the excitement that's ahead for for us and more importantly, our customers.
1: Absolutely. So Jason, Jack, welcome again. And your composability is, it's a hot topic right now. Every time I turn around, I'm seeing something else about it. Gartner predicts that 60% of organizations will seek composability in new application investments by 2023. Tell us what is Composability in general and what specifically is Composable CX?
2: No, it's a great question, you know, and I'd like to start off before we even talk about what that is, is why is it? You know, why do, is there this framework called Composability? And really, you know, when we talk to a lot of companies, and a lot of senior leaders, you know, there are a lot of them are trying to solve a problem around silos and stagnation within the organization. And really, you know, they've got different groups that are siloed, that are operating independently, trying to solve problems. And really that's led to a lot of stagnation too. And the fact that it's really hard for them to move, you know, they're really spending, And you know, I talked to a lot of IT leaders who they're spending 80, 20, 80% of their time keeping the lights on and keeping things moving versus, and only 20% actually moving the business forward. And, you know, a lot of them want to switch that. And a lot of the business units too are, 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 Aggravated by that same experience where they want to move quickly. Uh, They're getting challenged, they're getting pushed more and more. Um, And really, to me, composability and the overall composable business framework is really about trying to kind of break some of the vicious cycles that have emerged within the marketplace around the business going out and just buying new cloud solutions because they're challenged to solve things, IT managers being stuck trying to keep the lights on on legacy platforms. And then developers doing what developers do of trying to just build everything they possibly can. And composability is really about trying to bring those pieces together and bring those silos together for more of a co-creation mindset across IT development and the business to solve some of those bigger business problems.
3: Yeah, and Jack, uh, if it's okay, I'd just like to stress what you just talked about is like really a shift in mindset. It's this continuous co-creation mindset where instead of relying on each department to work independently towards a longer-term corporate vision or corresponding set of goals and objectives, we see senior leaders shifting their approach to bringing these people together to collaborate more frequently. And in fact, are composing these diverse purpose-built, I'll just call them co-creation teams that are squarely focused on addressing the company's most promising opportunities, these imminent threats that are popping up sometimes out of nowhere and disruptive changes, which we've all felt over the last couple of years. And they're doing this in real time, um, solving these problems in real time. And by adopting this new mindset that Jack, that what you talked about in terms of the stagnation problem and the silo problem all of a sudden, there's this transformation to a company that's a whole lot more resilient and a whole lot more agile. And instead of changing uncertainty being a uh, disadvantage, it actually becomes your advantage because you're operating in a new way. while the rest of the companies are stuck in the silo approach and with the, I guess, the more traditional mindset of doing business and and, and really not getting to where they need to be or where their customers need them
0: to be. So we're saying that composable CX is kind of like agile development, right? We're trying to change the mindset of how we move forward especially around tech, right? Well with the CX model and and that mindset. But how do we get there? How do we, how do we how do we get those shifts in mindsets once we try to adopt that? How do we what's the next step? How do we get move forward with that agenda?
2: Yeah, and I I'd say there there are some similarities with agile and it's really to me it's about taking those pr- principles outside of of just the development organization and say, how does an organization think about things differently? How does an organization form and storm around these situations cross-functionally to solve them? You know, and I think that's where the important part is and about you know sometimes moving forward. you know, A lot of companies wanna know every little square inch of something before they're ready to move forward. And they get in that analysis paralysis versus a lot of time agile teams are, look, we're gonna keep moving forward and we're gonna meet continuously and we're gonna continuously make progress you know, it's kind of goes, I, I'll plug my previous, you know, podcast I did, you know, innovation is the journey of a thousand steps, you know, and I think that, you know, you're seeing organizations start to go towards that more and more rather than these 10-year big, you know, projects that are managed that by the time you even have the plan, the plan's no longer good.
3: Yeah. And, and, and as well, like, if you think about what we talked about in the general sense of composability, if you apply what Jack just spoke uh, to, to the area of customer experiences and employee experiences for that matter. That's exactly why we define Composable CX here at Genesis as customer experiences architected for swift, sustainable differentiation in a way that delivers maximum business resiliency and agility. And I think sometimes that can sound like a kind of a, uh, mm. uh, let's say more theoretical in nature. And what's cool is if you actually look at how we have defined composable CX from a framework perspective, it really starts to come to life. And you know, Jack, should we just hit on that real quick in terms of the different building blocks and how those come together?
0: I think yeah, you absolutely. two have already taken over. So yeah, just go with it. It sounds <laughs> like yeah, this absolutely. has become Tell the us more. So, Yeah, We're not gonna wait for you.
2: Um, go. Yeah. No, and I think it is. It's it's the purpose of it is the the fact that there are building blocks of this and that they can be put together differently. And I have kids, you know, so I always refer it back to Lego blocks and the fact that, you know, you can assemble these on build, whatever you want. And, you know, and that's really the big difference uh, for me when it comes to composable CX is the idea that, you know, there is a core product element of those building blocks. So there are things that come right out of the box. There's things that people can use today rather than have to build them all from scratch. Additionally, There's an ecosystem of, you know, really strategic partners around that. That's building block number two. And the fact that, you know, you've got your, especially in the CX place, you need to have a CRM typically. You want to integrate it in with your unified communications to be able to engage with your back office, with RPA vendors. You know, so there's this, you know, ecosystem of really strategic partners that are really adjacent to us. And then, you know, also providing the idea of a completely open API where, you can use the product out of the box. You can then customize the 10% that really makes that special experience for your business through that API. You know, and one of the things we've also done for our fourth box is we've taken that API and we've worked with a lot of ISV partners to make it easy to consume that. Not everyone has a, you know, army of developers in the back end to go and build these things out, but other companies do and they put them out in the marketplace and now someone can click to consume depending on what they want to do. So it really speeds you up. So if, you know, someone comes to you and says, I need you to solve this problem tomorrow, which happens almost every day of my life and product, you know, there's <laughs> options. You don't just have to develop it and put a development plan. You could go use something on the marketplace while you develop. So there's lots of interesting opportunity to kind of mix and match those blocks as needed.
3: And yeah, and I, I think it's really helpful like just to visualize what Jack just described in our minds, because I think it's easier certainly for a visual person, visual learner like myself to to understand this is think about four puzzle pieces, all connected with a centerpiece in the middle, bringing them all together. And so what Jack described is in the upper left-hand corner, you've got the product building block. So these are all of the productized package capabilities that a CX platform brings to the table. You have the marketplace to the right, upper right-hand corner. And that's all of the apps and prepackaged integrations that are available in the marketplace, just like we're used to in our consumer apps, like with our our iPhone and whatever other uh, mobile device you you like to utilize. And then on the ecosystem side, there are some major players in the enterprise that most companies leverage their technology. And frankly, uh, if we're honest, uh, in this bottom left-hand corner, the ecosystem building block, like we have to recognize the capabilities that those systems bring to the table if we're gonna orchestrate experience as well. So that's, that's the bottom left-hand corner puzzle piece. And then if you think about the bottom right-hand puzzle piece, that's a development building block Jack talked about. And what brings it all together is if you think about that centerpiece, think about orchestration. And it's the real-time combination, uh, assembly combination and orchestration of individual capabilities from each of those building blocks that again, you've got these dynamic teams brought together to solve specific problems. Well, you're leveraging technology across those four building blocks in dynamic ways to orchestrate experiences that are different and unique and that solve the problems that you're set out to do rapidly and and effectively. So um, I think uh, thinking about in those building blocks and just having a visual representation in your mind, sometimes I know it's helpful for me.
0: Would you say that centerpiece is like a single interface? Right. With would that, would that, where that all can be brought together and work together with it. Right. Is that, is that another way to put it where you can go to one place and see where all these come together. Right. would that it's like be- a central
2: brain that brings them all together and orchestrates mm-hmm. them across, you know, whether it be on our platform or others, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the whole point is that brain has to be able to work together and bring everything there. So you can actually get the knowledge and get the, you know, one, the experience you're trying to do and get the data elements you need to really enhance and drive your business as we see more and more companies move towards you know data driven models around those
3: yeah i think that that's important so it's experience and data orchestration at the heartbeat of bringing these things together i think if we if we looked at it, look at it even like down a layer we're talking about like journey analytics you have to understand what the customer journey analytics you have to understand what's going on and then you need tools to be able to take action, low-code, no-code tool sets that allow anybody within the organization, whether you're highly technical like a developer, like Jack described earlier, like certainly a platform capabilities are extremely important to them. These tool sets need to to meet their needs. But also if you're just maybe a less technical IT person, or maybe you're non-technical at all, and you're on the business side, um, you need these tool sets in order to orchestrate experiences differentiate initially but also to maintain to sustain that differentiation where everybody's playing so you're not just relying upon one person or one team to differentiate experiences or move uh move the bar move it forward and maintain that differentiation everybody gets to participate and play and i think that's a key key thing to understand here in terms of just the real power of not only organizing differently but executing differently as well
1: so that sounds like You've pulled together a lot of the benefits, right? So you mentioned um, co-creation, agile co-creation, I should say, CX differentiation at speed and scale. Can you dive in a little bit more to some of the other benefits that you're seeing in terms of composable CX and how it can help differentiate the customer experience?
3: Yeah, and Jack, if it's okay, I'll I'll hit this one to start and then please jump in and provide color. Maybe you can even provide like an example in terms of, I know you're out talking to a lot of large enterprise customers um, every day. You can bring some color to it, Uh, but Ginger, really there are three key benefits from a composable CX platform perspective. Um, And that is companies are able to differentiate faster, adapt easier, and architect better. So when you differentiate faster, again, you're leveraging like broad set of capabilities offered by products. You're leveraging rich, robust marketplaces. You're leveraging uh, capabilities from really powerful applications within the broader ecosystem. And you have differentiation that developers are focusing on and delivering. It's above and beyond all of that, right? You've moved the yardstick pretty far when you talk about all the things I just covered, but now they're developing differentiation and then therefore they're able to, to really quickly help you stand apart from adapt easier perspective. You have these marketplaces are constantly evolving. So you have new solutions come aboard. You have new prepackaged integrations immediately available. These uh, core platforms, you have continuous innovation. So you're constantly getting new capabilities added to it and across all the four building blocks for that matter. And you have these local tool sets that help you adapt easier uh, as you organize differently too. And then in terms of architecting better, it's just more agile architecture. You also have all-in-one type capabilities built into the product. So lower total cost of ownership and greater supportability. And, and all of the, the the benefits of a modern cloud are kind of underlying all of this as well. This really kind of takes it to the whole new level in terms of real-time assembly, um, combination orchestration of, of capabilities across the four building blocks.
1: Yeah, so I think, Jack,
3: you yeah, know, you go, you're Jack. out talking with customers, man. I, I just talked about some stuff, and <laughs> uh, and people are going, okay, wait a sec. I heard those three benefits: differentiate faster, adapt easier, and architecture better. But is this real? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, and, and yeah, you know, we're seeing it. You know, we started seeing it a, a few years ago. Uh, some of the more forward-thinking companies starting to move towards these models, and we're seeing it get adopted more and more to the point, you know, where I'm working with companies. And I think, you know, we say innovate faster and adapt quicker. Part of that, in my mind, is also test faster and experiment more. You know, and I've got some large customers that are using the platform, they're integrating and, you know, their business comes to them and says, we need to do this. They can run tests faster than they've ever had before. They can run those in production. They're pushing them, you know, via a CI/CD pipeline on their side and being able to pull that data, as you mentioned, being able to orchestrate and pull all that data back and make better decisions and move faster. You know, I've seen some of these companies be able to roll bot services out globally because they're running large experiments nonstop and always trying them. And you know, one of them is trying three different bots at the same time and then using that data. And then they can push out a change quickly if all of a sudden they see one bot platform stops you know working as well as the other. So there's a lot of interesting things you can do when you start to adopt kind of those models, you know, not only on the platform side, but across your organization, which I think is also a key element here.
0: So real quick before we um, we talk about the value of of adopting that, what what are some of the challenges to getting to that next step for for someone that's listening right now that's thinking, oh, that would be great if we could do this. How do we get them to that step? Who do you get buy-in from to get to that point? How do you implement? what are some of, what are some of the steps you would take to get to that point?
2: Yeah, you know, it's definitely a thing because I think people hear these things and they get very concerned. and I think, You know, I'm seeing it start to come in. And, you know, one of the things I've seen is a lot of organizations now are starting to actually have product, internal product managers that work across the different units to figure out how to solve something. So I've started working a lot more. I've noticed this rise probably in the last 18, 24 months. A lot more companies have a product manager leading a lot of their customer experience across the organization to unify those pieces and look at it truly like they're delivering a product to their end customers. You know, that's one way. Starting to look at how companies, you know, in the IT area, I've got some companies I'm working with right now that are starting to develop more of that DevOps mentality so that they can start to operate faster. And then I think there's also a piece, you know, companies are starting to get with the business where, you know, giving them more of the tools, you know, Jason mentioned the low code, no code, the business is starting to see it's okay for me to experiment. You know, previously the business was told, don't ever touch this, call IT if you want to make any changes. And I think that, you know, those product managers are also starting to engage those stakeholders more and then empower them more to do some of these things too. And so that's one of the things I've seen really start to kick off some of those elements across some of these organizations. And a lot of times it doesn't start as a big bang from the top down. A lot of it's starting off as a you know departmental thing where they're saying, okay, let's get a product manager. Let's bring now the IT leader and let's bring the contact center leader and let's bring you know the workforce management leader and let's have them start to collaborate to figure out what is our strategy? What are we doing? How do we bring this together? How do we work more holistically and unified as a group.
3: And Jack, I remember you introducing me to one of the customers you work really closely with and uh, as of late. And one of the things that they they shared too is, well, you op- open up like, um, like let, let co-creation fly, right? Turn everybody loose. You still need uh, IT to be involved in terms of providing a level of governance that makes sure that, the business and all of the the non-technical users. Number one have all the tools they need, but they told us they all. We also need to make sure that um, we collectively keep the business safe and we have the right safeguards in place. So we're we're innovating together, but we're doing it in a way that helps to do it in a productive a productive fashion. And I think that that to me was a really interesting point that was made because you know it's the marketing guy. I'm all excited about the things you can do and who needs like, who needs all of these controls anymore? But we still need a little bit of that, right?
0: <laughs> You need to make up some t-shirts, let co creation fly. I could see that being a t shirt. <laughs> hand them out. Get everyone buying in. You two are truly passionate about this. And I can imagine that when when you when companies start to adopt this, they, they probably feel the same way you two about do about did you see that a lot when you're when you're working with customers that are going with, with this composability mindset? Is it does it just take over? It seems like it
2: I, I think it does. I think it starts to become become the way people look. I mean, who doesn't like to have a little bit more authority and autonomy to do what they need right. to do to solve business problems? I mean, tell me one person that, you know, doesn't like that. There's probably very little. You know, people want to solve problems. You know, when I talk to IT folks, you know, they don't want to keep the lights on. They want to do interesting cool stuff. So, you know, it kind of reinvigorates the organization a little bit where, you know, some organizations going back to the very beginning, you know, that stagnation. You know, I remember at an old Old company I was at, you know, we changed out the phone system to for this company called Interactive Intelligence. And I had someone come to me, I didn't expect and they said, Oh, wow, it's just nice to see new technology. I feel like we are so behind. And little things like that, people start seeing and it starts changing the culture a little bit too. And people start getting more excited and they're more willing to collaborate and work together, you know, versus, you know, kind of the old. Uh, You know, I go back to the SNL IT guy that, you know, stop, you know, treating everyone like they didn't know what they're doing versus saying, no, we actually all work together. We're all trying to solve the same problem and everyone has their different strengths they bring in and let's figure out how to leverage those and and let everyone do their thing in an organized, controlled manner so that there's not chaos.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And and I got to say too, like about a year ago, the father of composability here at Genesis, who happens to be on the show today, his, his name is Mr. Jack Nichols. He, he knew that this was something big and we started to, uh, to really try to understand it and to, to figure out what to do with it. And it really like has evolved in the way we, way we think and the way we talk to customers and the way we think about solving problems. And what's been really neat is that excitement. Like we're like, hey, we're onto something a year ago, right? There's, there is something cool here. And that excitement just continues to build. And it's because of the things like Jack just shared. And I got to say, I, he told me a story um, about a customer, uh, a, a large bank out on the West Coast that he was working with. And he uh, was brought in to tell to talk about composability and composable CX. And so he presented the framework and had a discussion. I think at Jack it was the head of development in preparation yeah. for a meeting coming up with the CIO. And he said, you know what? You just put into words what I the strategy I have been putting together for several months now. And it's like, boom, the light bulb went off and it made these complex ideas that, again, siloed ideas. When you look at things individually, it put it all together in a way that made it extremely easy to understand and therefore like unleashed the art of the possible in his mind. And all of a sudden, all these other discussions start happening in terms of what what we can do. And so that's the stuff that gets me excited. It's not just, we think it's cool. It's when customers start to get jazzed and, and really fired up about it.
1: That's excellent. So, all right, last question. We don't want to be salesy, but hey, we all are Genesis here. So how is Genesis Composable CX Platform different from other things that are out there?
3: Well, Jack, I think you, you, you say it very simply like, we just have the coolest platform, right? Isn't that the the, <laughs> the greatest? Greatest people, greatest people. <laughs> like the coolest platform. Yeah. No, well, is- it, <laughs> composable CX is customer experiences architecture for swift, sustainable differentiation in a way that delivers maximum business resiliency and agility. And don't forget those four building blocks, along with that magical orchestration layer. Wow, that was pretty. Right. Quick. That was your elevator pitch. (laughs)
0: There you go, Here's elevator pitch for (laughs) Composable. I'm going to be using that every chance I get. Have you heard of Composable CX? No, it's not a new recycling program. It's composting. (laughs) (laughs) Completely different. All right.
2: (laughs) I'll do the non-marketing one. (laughs) No, I think, you know, for me, you know, Composable CX is just a part of a a customer framework that's out there, the composable business. And I think that's why it, it works so well is it's about... Changing how businesses do. Yeah, you know, a lot of times companies think just changing technology is going to change everything. You know, and we're we're one small piece of that equation. It's so I think that's why I think it's really interesting and why it fits in a lot. And, you know, and composability is about changing the mindset of how your business operates, how your teams coordinate and collaborate, and then the tools that you make available to them to support that collaboration. You know, we are supporting the business, not, you know, we are the business.
3: And then Ginger just kind of hitting it home in terms of like like what, you know, even though we might be seen as a little salesy here, we have to be honest with the audience, right? We have to talk about what makes our stuff special. Well, if, you, if we look at differentiate faster, adapt easier, and architect better, our platform quite simply has the largest set of innovative all-in-one <laughs> product capabilities across things like digital, voice, AI. WEM, self-service, outbound, the list goes on, UCC uh, of anybody out there. And if you combine it with the rich set of APIs, integration methods and developer tools to be able to rapidly compose data systems and channels uh, quickly to deliver experiences customers and employees will not find anywhere else, truly differentiated, that's what makes us unique. Uh, there is no other platform that has the power of the product and the platform that we bring to the table, quite simply. And then, in terms of adapting easier, uh, you're you're here. You always hear a lot about c- continuous development with our platform, and that's because we're delivering you know hundreds of features each year and constantly driving innovation in the marketplace. And the marketplace, speaking of marketplace, the marketplace that we have to offer is recognized as a leading marketplace in the CX space, and we're. Uh, Jack's responsible for this. We're growing it constantly. Uh, it's you know up and to the right it goes in terms of new apps and packaged integration. So that helps our customers adapt easier. New things come up, new st- solutions are out there. Changes need to be made. You can leverage that marketplace. And then those low-code, no-code tools. We have a really awesome set of journey analytics capabilities available as well as uh, the, this uh, architect tool, if you wanna dig into it, learn more, that allows you to bring all of these pieces across four billion blocks together incredibly quickly and easily. Um, so that's the adapt easier uh, benefit. So we, you know, quite frankly, can help people adapt easier than any other platform out there. And in terms of architecting better, think all in one, think of the, the composable nature of the platform, and really, just making it easier to sustain different, to not only achieve but to sustain differentiation in an economical and supportable way moving forward. I think those are really how we stand out and why I think people are gravitating towards our platform and we're having success that we are in the market. Certainly, from an IT buyers' perspective, those are the things that are that are important to them. Just to add, that orchestration layer is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what brings it all together. And that's where we're extremely strong. Um, and, you know, when we talk about architecting better uh, and while we Jack, Jack keeps me honest on this, we are not the only person in the world out there. You know, the other players are important. Our, we are like to make our bubble the biggest. Okay. Well, even if we're not the biggest bubble, that part, regardless of how you defi- decide to combine the capabilities across four building blocks, we like do really well at orchestrating experiences. And that's a really powerful piece that I think is important to understand as well.
1: Excellent. Well, that was really educational. Thank you so much, Um, Jason. Thanks so much, Jack. Great to have you both here.
0: Thank you both for the time you spent with us today. It's clear that you two are very passionate about this. And I hope that uh, this extends that to some new companies or new organizations that want to adopt it. And, uh, again, there's lots of information out there, but thank you for your time. and thank you. It. That was that was a lot of fun. I, I think the thing i learned from this from doing this the most is that we work with some amazing people. And it seems like every time we talk to someone, I' am just more amazed at the things that are going on here. Those two are truly passionate about composable CX.
1: Absolutely. It's such a great conversation today. I mean, really, I, I learned a ton. What stood yeah. out for you?
0: What stood out for me is the thing that I hear over and over again. It's, well, first, we have to identify the problem and identifying that they're, um, you know, problem solving of stagnation in, in technology and in CX specifically. And it's when you have what they mentioned was when you have business managers buying new cloud solutions to fix problems while IT managers are extended, extending legacy platforms that don't talk to the new cloud platforms and the developers out just building new applications. And again, it's all problem solving, but they're doing it at different levels. And I think what they've talked about is when you when you start to, we talk about doing things at scale and doing them and solving problems and, and having them um, happen at a greater speed and greater efficiencies. And I think when you use have something that uses the building blocks that they described, have a solution that is that has a product with that has digital channels bots and workforce engagement managers or management and then have a marketplace that gives you options for analytics or bots or just the, any of the latest innovations and then an ecosystem that you can pull from whether it's a CRM or another maybe it's UCC or another cloud infrastructure and then development that has open APIs that every all that's is easy to uh, talk to and develop to. And that's really what they talk about. Having that orchestration layer across all four of those pieces is truly important and and a clear differentiator to how you get to that composable CX.
1: What stood out for me, which was the three key benefits that um, Jack and Jason pointed out, and I'm just going to reiterate them. Composable CX allows you to differentiate faster, adopt easier and architect better.
0: It definitely has advantages to getting that. And I think we have to get Jason that t-shirt that we mentioned about co-cre- let
1: co-creation fly.
0: <laughs> co- co- let co-creation fly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Michael, as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, let's say thanks everyone for joining us and for listening today. I hope you were able to take something away from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to please take advantage of all the resources listed below, as well as Throughout genesis.com, we've got all kinds of great information out there for you. Specifically, the items below help expand on today's topic, and we'll leave you with some additional information. Be sure to click subscribe to get notified of previous and new episodes of the podcast. And please feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. We'd love it if you would. Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20. Bye now.